welcome today to a new podcast with Edith Kappel. It's the first time I uh, introduce you to a Hungarian woman. And uh, it's so exciting to have you here today, Edith. Welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me. Looking forward to talking to you. Yeah. Uh, I just know you a little, little. So please tell us about your life and how you are getting to where you are today. Well, it's kind of a long story by now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting bigger. (laughs) Yes, it's getting longer and longer. Um, I started riding as a kid, like everyone else. I was drawing to horses since I was very little. Um, I don't know the reason why. I think most of us don't know the reason. But probably we share the same dream that we we like the horses, we love to be in friends with them, and we love to canter along the fields and the beaches and and being around the smell of horses, anything about horses I, I basically loved. So I started with the local uh, riding club, basically. And and this, these were my first experiences with horses. Uh, at that time in Hungary, we were able to join a club and ride uh, horses. They were teaching us how to ride the horses and do anything around horses. Basically, we didn't have to pay a lot of money, but you had to help in the stables. And uh, I spent many hours in the stables. Um, I was basically sucked into the stables. <laughs> so I stopped doing everything as beside that. Um, but for a while, obviously, um, as a young girl, I was looking for other sports and any other hobbies. But riding was always with me. Mm-hmm. So um, after the school, um, after, the, after the high school, basically, um, I started to ride a little bit more seriously. Um, I thought this is going to be my professional life. And uh, I was uh, riding with some jumping people. We were training young thoroughbreds off the track and trying to retrain them, jump them in three-day eventing and in jumping competitions and sell them, basically. Um, We went uh, to Italy and uh, it was pretty nice and successful, I have to say. And after that, I went to Ireland for a couple of years to get more experience with horses. Um, I did some three-day eventing and I did a lot of hunting which was a lot of fun and taught me a lot about horses that how much they can take care of themselves and ourselves if we let them do that. So it was a great experience and very nice memories I have about Ireland and the horses. Um, One thing that was always very difficult for me is if I got... uh, drawn to the horse, I got a friendship with the horse, and then the horse was sold. So while I was in Ireland, and uh, um, I was riding a couple of horses, and one of the horses that I really liked, it was sold, I came home after that, and I said that I'm never going to ride a horse until that horse is mine. So for four years, I really didn't go 
anywhere near the horses. I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't look at a horse because I knew if I, I go to see any horses, I will go back to riding. Um, but at that time, I couldn't afford to buy a horse for myself. And, and I promised to myself that I will not do that until I have a horse. So after four or five years, it was really a funny story because I was working for uh, the General Electric um, in the information system, very different from horses. And, uh, and the boss of me, basically, uh, he, was, um, he was placed to the States and he had a horse. And I knew him before, and he knew me that um, I'm riding, and uh, I like the horses very much. He couldn't take the horse with him, so he was giving the horse to me just for free. Okay. So I was like, okay, so I had to go back to horses. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that was it. Basically, I was riding that horse. I got back to the stables, and soon enough, I stopped the information system work um, with General Electric and I went to a feeding company. I was working for them um, as the Hungarian representative for the horse feed. And I started to ride more and more and I got um, in connection with the National Lipicziner Stadt through the feeding program, what I made for them. Uh, I started to ride a few lippy designers for them. And it got so successful and we had so much success with the horses and they liked the way I was working with the horses that basically they wanted to give me more and more horses. So I was going back full-time riding horses. Wow. So I, I... I was riding the young horses for the stud, um, young stallions that were promising enough to make breeding horses. We had to train them and take them to competitions and evaluations um, to see if they're good enough for breeding. That was basically my job for almost 15 years. Wow. And and we did a lot of shows beside that. We were, I was showing the horses under the saddle. And this is when I started to um, play around the uh, horses in Liberty. Um, at that time, it wasn't a very known thing to do in Hungary. No. I mean... No one was doing it. Um, the Pirelli just started to get known in the world. So I went to see a couple of times their shows. I really liked what, what I saw. Um, it was very different to the competition world, very different. Yes, really. And that's the one thing I really didn't like about the competitions that they don't really... Um, emphasize the partnership between the rider and the horse. And that's when I was started to look for other solutions than just different bits or different um, uh, tools to make them do things. 
how, so, how, yes. how did you do with with this liberty? It's it's not something you you just can do. Oh, how how did you learn it? No, it's not. It's basically you put a lot of lot of time to it. Really, it's it's uh, you have to spend a lot of time with the horses. I was lucky enough because from the very beginning in the in my childhood that riding club had, was also a breeding station i mean they were breeding uh, kishberry horses okay. that's a kind of hungarian traditional hungarian breed yes. so i was always around broodmares and foals and when i was working for the national lipitiner stud we also had very many foals and, and mares so i was able to observe how they move around how they behave to each other and generally how they organize their life within each other. Mm-hmm. And this is how basically I started to do the liberty work too. Of course, I was looking at the Pirellis or any other people that were doing liberty and, and trying to figure out um, some logic behind their work. Um, but I think my biggest teachers were absolutely the horses. Wow. <clears throat> so I was, um, I was really on my own there and trying to build up a system. I didn't think of it as a system, basically. Um, and I think all liberty work uh, has to work. In this, under the same logic as the horses are the same, doesn't matter who, who, who are we called, but we are all work within the same horse in one sense. So whatever is logical for the horse, it started to be logical for me. I started to understand their logic instead of trying to force my logic under the horse. So step by step, um, I was learning from the horses. I was lucky enough to work with many horses, many different characters, um, strong stallions, not so strong mares or geldings, um, sensitive horses, troubled horses. I got a lot of people that brought me horses that are in trouble or they couldn't do anything with it. So it was a very big learning phase in my life. So you help, you help people to, to overcome struggles and, and things. Absolutely, yes. Um, well, since people get uh, in contact with the horses, then trouble starts. Basically, it's a communication problem yes. from the very beginning. Yes. Um, we speak two very different languages, mm-hmm. yeah, horses and humans. And... Uh, it's very easy to misunderstand each other. Mm. Very easy. And I know everyone wants the best for their horse, uh, but still, if you misunderstand and you don't understand their language, and that comes quite easy to make mistakes. Mm. And the horses just want to survive. Horses just want to get on life and live their everyday life and do their best for us, really. I rarely met a horse that really wasn't generally um, trying to help people or trying to do anything for their riders. 
So this misunderstanding then leads to behavior issues very soon. And because horses are big and very quick animals, I mean, really quick, then there can be dangers. Yes. And then people seek for help um, and they try to do their best to solve the issue. And this is when they come to me, basically. If they can't find any, any solution, uh, they find uh, with the normal traditional ways, because everyone goes through traditional ways first, yeah. then they try to go on different paths. Yeah. Do you still help people with these issues? Absolutely. Yes, I do. I do train young horses. Um, some people w- uh, want to start with their young horse absolutely from the beginning the right way. So they come to me, they bring their horses to me. I start the horses and then we work together with the owner. Uh, so he can learn the language of the horse and start the life of the horse with the humans on the right path. Um, that's the easiest part, I have to say. So yes. it's, it's always easy when you don't have to correct troubles. Mm. And there are some people who are in trouble and bring their horses to me and asking me to fix a problem. And it's usually on the stage when the horse really has a problem, yes. really has a behavior problem. And then I have to help the horse to overcome these problems. And then I have to come uh, help the owner to come in terms again with the horse and start the new communication and speak the same language. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes back to understanding what the horse is telling us. Uh, this liberty, did you make something out of it? You, you uh, were talking about shows. Um, tell us about that. Um, my main uh, job at the, at the stud was basically riding and uh, competing in dressage with the lipid signer horses. Mm-hmm. Um, but beside that, it's because that's the way I train anyhow. I trained all my horses in Liberty too. Okay. And it's got to a stage when everyone was asking, why don't we show the horses this way in mm. Liberty? Because mm. it shows a totally different side of the horse. Yes. I mean, it's really nice to see a nice horse to go under the saddle really well and nicely behaving and doing the nice movements. And it's, again, a very different scenery when you can show a horse character. Um, You can show a horse in liberty. How do they move in freedom? How they communicate with the people, um, with with the rider on the ground. And that was very, very successful um, immediately as we started. I mean, lipid signers are generally a very nice looking horses, very attractive horses. Yes. And uh, I had a team of three, four horses together. Um, 
obviously they very united because they were all gray horses. So four gray horses moving together and doing things together in liberty and playing with each other. Um, it's something that it was really inspiring for people. So we got um, many invitations within the country and outside of the country um, doing liberty shows while I was doing this. Yeah, it is, it is fantastic to see. So, so you, you start with liberty with the horse with, when they're young or how uh, is this going on? Liberty goes all along uh, in the training. Um, when a new horse comes to me, I always watch them in liberty first. This is how I get a, some information about their truly how they move, how they use their body, uh, how they are thinking. Mm -hmm. What is the character of the horse? Um, so that's, that's something I don't miss out with any horse. And then from time to time, I always take it out and, and just see and let the horse be horse to see how they move and how, how they feel about uh, the humans. Um, but training starts as like with every, every training that we start from the ground. Um, you can, of course, you can do it all in liberty, but that would take a very, very long time. So you are more effective to use some tools like halter and rope. And later on, yes, of course, you use a saddle and because it's more comfortable for the horse to use a saddle than riding bareback all the time. Um, you use neck rope or bridle. It's up to you what tools you are comfortable with it or you are what, what you are good with it. Um, and the liberty goes kind of parallel to these trainings. It's, it's something um, when I do liberty, I check what I'm doing with the tools, if I'm doing the right things or not, because if it's not, the horse shows very clearly in liberty that, okay, you think you're riding me well, but when I'm moving in liberty, I can show you that I'm not moving my back correctly. Um, I, that's just an example. Or I'm moving or my movements are getting better because you ride me. I'm getting more athletic. I'm getting more coordinated with my legs, with my body, because you do the right job under the saddle. And of course, it's the, it's the connection that you get a feedback immediately in Liberty because you cannot force the horse. So he gives you immediate feedback. I want to be with you. I like to be with you. I, I like to do things for you because I like you. I like to please you. And not because you have a rope in your hand and I have a halter on. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> it's it's all come together when when you know the horse hundred um, percent. And as you said, sometimes in in the, the competition world, you you just think about your own uh, thing. I'm going to win this competition, and the horses get used in a way that we don't want uh, and I'm sure that if you are friend with the horse you would get much further in the competition later on 
Um, to a point, I think, uh, unfortunately. Um, I was never a great competitor because of, of this, because I was always thinking about the horse just as much as, as myself, of course. Like, we go into competition, of course, to get results, but I was always thinking that, okay, it doesn't matter what the judges say, it's really up to me how I feel. Um, and am I happy with what I'm feeling between me and the horses? Was it a nice feeling or it wasn't a nice feeling what I got in the competition? Was I able to overcome his uh, fears, his, his stress? Could I help him on that situation or not? Was I be able to keep their attention or not? Um, of course, uh, it does matter somehow that how you are, um, what results you are getting, especially if you're not doing it for yourself. Like when I was riding for the stud, I had to bring results. That's not a question. But there was a, a barrier. And I think everyone can set up a barrier within inside themselves that how much you're going to sacrifice for that result. And uh, that barrier with the horses for me is pretty low. I don't do things that I don't think it's good for the horse just because I'm in a competition. If I feel it too much for the horse, um, I simply don't do it. If I feel that I can, I can help the horse to get better at it, I, I do it. Um, if I feel I'm not able to help the horse in that situation, then I stop that situation for the horse. I think that's, but I don't, I don't force the horse through that situation. I think that's, that's the main point about uh, competing. And people can lose that barrier if they expecting to deliver results. Mm. And that happens with professional. And, and I can understand why, because if they, they are expected to deliver results, it's their life, their professional life, mm -hmm. right? And the, then the horse becomes just a tool. Yes. But I'm also thinking about uh, when you are, are pressing the horse in the wrong way, uh, many times the horse will not um, will, will be damaged uh, somehow so if you want to have the horse for a long time and keep it healthy and all that i think the the mindset you have is is the right one absolutely but don't forget that the horses are um, animals that that flight animals, that they learn to live and they learn to survive. So they can uh, compensate a lot of things, mm. physically and mentally also. And if you, are, if you are not open truly for what they, uh, they saying to you that, okay, um, I do that for you, but my body is getting damaged and I, you don't want to see those signs, the physical and the mental signs, then the horses uh, will just keep going on until they can. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a very long time. It's a really long time. They are very tough animals. You yeah. see, they live through. We are living in 2022 
I mean, look at their circumstances. Totally different from natural. We bring horses to uh, stadiums, to cities. They they live in our world basically. Mm. Um, so they are really a survivor animals. Yeah, they can live through many things. That's a very successful breed, <laughs> in a way. So they can compensate a lot and. Uh, if we are not careful, if we are not taking care of the signs, not, we are not listening to the signs that they're giving us, it's very easy to push them through because they let us do it. Yeah, that's right. So where are you today in your, in your work and everything? You were talking about your started with um, VE. That's right. Um, um, training horses, still training horses, um, teaching people quite a lot, and also starting working equitation in Hungary. As it's a competition, uh, you know, a new sport, basically, a new equestrian sport. It's just started, uh, we just started four years ago in Hungary. Um, overall, it's a very young equestrian sport in Europe and in the world. Started from the Iberian, um, Portuguese and Spanish people. Uh, basically, it's uh functional horse riding i can say that um you're giving uh, the horses uh, uh functional things to do like you would if you are working with a horse um it's got four phases dressage manability speed and cow trail so it's a very complex sport and uh, it requires a lot of trust between the horse and the rider because you're facing very different sceneries with the horse and it doesn't need any extra abilities from the horse. You can start with any horse, a pony or a sport horse or just an average horse. Yes. It basically, you will succeed if you improve your riding. If, if you improve your partnership with the horse, that's that's the one thing I liked about it. Mm. That's why I started. <clears throat> and also because it brought together people as a community um, that uh, where the horse was important, where the partnership was important. Um, I feel in the working equitation competitions, it's the atmosphere is very different from the dressage competition or jumping competitions, um, everyone is a lot more friendlier and everyone is happy about the other success, which I think it's a great thing. This is how competitions should be. Mm. Really? So we are just starting working equitation in Hungary. It's getting popular. Um, we are still very at the beginning and hopefully we're getting more and more riders interested more kids interested. Um, it's something that is a very enjoyable um, thing to do, even on a very beginner's level 
already gives you very nice feeling and very good connection to your horse. And of course, in the high level, it's very technical and very difficult to do. Um, so you have all the chances to improve through working equitation. Yes, it, it has been very popular. And I'm sitting here and thinking about uh, Hungary as a horse country. It must be difficult to, to start uh, a new thing that is so different from, from the things that the Hungarian horsemanship um, for people out there who don't know my first impression of Hungarian horses were that they uh, they could make them sit and lie lay down, um, and uh, I have never seen that before in in any other country. Uh, but as I have heard, it's an old tradition with the horses. Absolutely. Um that horses can sit and lie was an essential tool in, in, in the rider's hand when they, are, they were herding animals, basically horses, um, and then they, were, they have to hide uh, from other people. You have to lie the horse down so they don't see you. Um, so these are functional things, uh, tradi traditional exercises, basically, for the horses that they... We use them for generations on. So working equitation is not very far from our mindset. And as you say, yes, Hungary is a horse country. Yes. Uh, working equitation is a sport that is basically um, about the traditions that we used with our horses when we were living our normal farm life. And, and in Hungary, horses were always used uh, for herding animals. Maybe yes. not so much in the cattle, but for other horses as us today. If you go to certain parts of the country, like down to the Hortobad, they do, you, you can see how the chikos, the rider on the horseback, is herding the, the horses into um, uh, on a big field and they getting them together and then driving the, the herd from one place to the other. So these traditions are basically make it very easy to tra transfer people to working equitation. And also, we have very big traditions with the Hussars, yes. you know, uh, yeah. in the army. And, and that tradition is kept very much alive in Hungary, yeah. I think. Um, it is very popular. And they have a little bit similar exercises what we do in working accreditation. So the two things can really exchange the good things, what they, they know about riding. Yeah, that sounds so, great. And, and I really can see it because you, you're using uh, things in working equitation as uh, open a, a, a door or, or something like that. It's, it's things you, that you can use in, in everyday life with a horse when you are on the farm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it really makes your riding functional. Yes. Yeah, if you are a hobby rider and 
and you just want to go out for a hack, you probably have to go through a couple of gates, you have to go through a bridge, uh, you have to go through narrow places, or you have to back up from narrow places. So working equitation is teaching you to be more in control in situations like that, so that you and your horse is confident in this situation. Yes. Which makes riding more safe. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. How is it for you now? Do you have your own horses or you just uh, help other people? I have my own horses. Um, I have some Lipitaner horses. <laughs> okay. And I have some stallions, um, some licensed breeding stallions and uh, Italians that I'm just riding and I also have some gelding some of the horses that I used to do the liberty shows with they are in pension with me they okay. are my friends <laughs> yeah I was able to have them to give them a good home and I've got other horses all kind of breeds from other people to train So I have from the, uh, older horses, younger horses, I have Lipitaner sport horses, um, gray, bay, colored horses, you name it. Oh, okay. Basically everything. <laughs> nice, really nice. So if people wanted to contact you, um, how can they find you? Well, they can find me through my homepage, which is um, moyastozo.hu, or they can find me on Facebook. Um, under your also, name? Uh, yeah, under my name. They can contact me under my name. And we are located in a city called Moor. It's not far from Budapest. It's about an hour from Budapest. Um, And I very welcome everyone who is interested in my work. And not far from Balaton yeah. either. <laughs> no, it's kind of a good place. Yes, yes. it's in the center of center of the, the west part of the country. Yes. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's, it has been so good to have you here. Thank you for showing up. And uh, I would love to to see you play someday we're not far from each other so um, i hope i will get the chance so thank you so much to be here today and i hope people out there would contact you and see your lovely horses thank you to for the invitation and thank you for the opportunity <laughs> bye 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 bye